Father, we give you thanks for the liberating truth with which you have blessed us this evening. Thank you for freedom in the spirit. Thank you for healing from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. Thank you for soundness of mind. We give you thanks for everything in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. To you be all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats. The Lord is good. All the time. I said the Lord is good. If you believe, give me an amen. Amen. All right, I want to open our Bibles quickly. Let's read again from um, well, Habakkuk chapter 2. It said, I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart, and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens toward the goal, and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it. For it will certainly come, it will not delay. Let's read again the other one we've been reading. Uh, that's First um, Kings chapter 18. Uh, the story, of course, we know. After Elijah called fire from heaven, and the people repented and turned back to God, the true God. And then Elijah said to Ahab in verse 41, he said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the roar of a mighty shower, abundance of rain. So Ahab went up and ate and drank, but Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he crouched down on the earth and put his face between his knees. He said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go back seven times. It came about at the seventh time that he said, Behold, a cloud as small as a man's hand is coming up from the sea. And he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down, so that the heavy chariot does not stop you. Verse 45, in a little while, in a little while, the sky grew dark, black, with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy shower. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he gathered up his loins, and outran Ahab to Jezreel. Now, we have been looking at this subject for some time, on what it means to be the prayer warrior. And let's not forget where we began it from. The concept is that praying is not about a method. It's about the character of an individual. Are you getting my point? Let's not forget that. It is not this man knows how to pray. That's not the first thing. It is more of God pays attention to this man. Do you understand my point? This woman. It's not because of, um, how do I say this now? It's because of the power of righteousness. That's what we call righteousness. That's what we call righteousness. Righteousness for us as believers is a function of faith. It is what God has achieved for us through Christ Jesus. Alright? It's as a fundamental thing. So we understand that. But then I've been emphasizing again and again and I just feel as if I've been deputized by God in this season to bring that thing up to the people of God again. That even though righteousness is by faith, the faith has to be proven to be genuine. Alright? There are some things in the life of somebody that will make his righteousness real because that is, that is what is proving that his faith is genuine. Let's bear that in mind. So when we are talking about prayer, therefore, that is a fundamental thing about prayer. 
So I've been looking at the characteristics of this kind of individual. One of the things I've been looking at is the fact that the fellow understands how to read the mind of the spirit. And the first and fundamental thing about reading the mind of the spirit is not about learning to hear voices. It's not about dreaming dreams, even though those things don't happen when God requires for them to happen. The first thing is to learn to interpret life based upon what is recorded in scripture. That is the first and the most important thing. You must know how to interpret your life according to that which is recorded in scripture. I said something the other time. You see, one of the things I said, all right, I've been saying again and again is that, you see, okay, let me put it like this. I had a lot of problems for a long time. People said they are going for all night prayer meetings. I used to go, but after a while I stopped because people, you know, I felt I was doing a lot of waste of time because of what prayer points people will present to me. And that's what I want them to understand again. It is not every prayer point you carry to God. You must know how to interpret life. Do you understand? And, um, you know, <laughs> one of our brothers, you have to, let me just say this. You must know how to interpret life from the scriptures. One of our brothers told me something that happened a few days ago. They had a major program and then the program did not work. You understand? Something happened. Uh, some, one of the people then came and said, uh, I, I was sensing something. He said, hey, my sister, wait. Nothing happened. The program didn't work. Let's forget this thing. <laughs> Don't turn it to some spirits. You know, that, you know, where it was going was they needed to rise and fight back the evil spirit. Just, hey, sis, wait, wait. It didn't work. Bye-bye. Do you understand my point? Don't turn this thing to, we need to go and pray and fight the principalities. And, you know, why did he speak like that? He was speaking as a victor in Christ Jesus. He understood, you know, there are things that you will bring up to me I will never pray about. Do you understand? I will never pray about them. If you tell me that you dreamt that I died, I will tell you, you, you don't think you are going to die one day. Jesus is going to come back. I don't, are you getting my point? You know, you won't take it to heart. Let me explain something. You cannot rebuke death itself. Like that. You can't. What you can do is to change your ways so that you start walking in the direction of death. I don't know whether you are getting my point. Yeah, that's what you can do. So if I assess my life, and the, because Holy Spirit won't come and threaten me with death like that. He will threat, he will let me know what I'm supposed to change about my life. He will let me know that. So sometimes Christians come around and start praying. Rebuke death. You rebuke death from now till tomorrow. You should ask yourself, what is death doing there in the first place? I don't know whether you're getting my point. Look, let's, we have to take, it, take things together. Sometimes we hear stories only halfway. We don't hear it. Somebody say, oh man, that's how they rebuked that. You didn't hear the first part of the story. Okay, let me tell you a story that uh, um, the great man of God, Kenneth Hagin, the prophet in his days, told. He used to minister very powerful, under a very strong prophetic anointing. And they had the Bible, they had a group of Bibles to help. They had a Bible school, so they had alumni. They used to come, gather together once in a while. He said, once he was preaching, and the Holy Spirit just showed him about two or three people. And he said, these ones are going to die between now and next year. I, I don't know whether you get the point. And he, he said, he didn't mention names. At the end of the day, he just called, he called two of them. You, see me. You, see me at the end. So one of them, he called the fellow and told him that, the, you know why the guy was going to die? He's a preacher. <laughs> but he had, he had eyes for other women, a married man. And the Lord told this man straight, this guy is going to die next, between now, by the time you guys gather for the next meeting, which is every year, the man will be dead. So he called, I think, sin is poison. This and the righteous of God in Christ just better forsake your iniquities. You know, I've been saying these things. It's my body that is sinning. My spirit is pure. I agree with you. Your spirit will be saved. Your body will die. Are you getting my point? So, if you like it like that, if you like it like that, continue. If you don't like that, please repent. He called the man, of course, and told him. Of course, he knew by the spirit. Told him what was going on. 
the man repented. And the following year, he did not die. He was, <laughs> years after, the man was still alive. The other man refused to come and see him. One elder that was there, when he gave that prophecy, said, have you gone to see Brother Hagen? The boy said, no. Why not? Told one story. His wife confessed later that she reminded him, but he did not go. Sometimes, you know, you don't want to confront your problems. I suspect that he didn't want to confront. I know you know some prophets are just, God has shown them so many things, so you're afraid. So he, he hid from, let's make a long story short. One day he woke up, I think he wanted to pick a phone or something. I just woke up in the morning, I just said, my head, my head. That was it. He collapsed, became unconscious. Let me make a long story short. He died about two or three days later in hospital. Never woke up from that. He never regained consciousness. Why? He said later on, his wife confessed that look, it looks like that, that my husband, he wanted to die. Are you getting my point? So it was not just rebuke death. It is repent. Your way is leading to death. Are you getting my point here? It's not just rebuke death. Repent. Your way is leading to death. That's just what it said. That, that, that's what it means. I told you, another, you know, in that particular series, you know, Minister's Conference, told about a preacher who God sent him to his church. He said he didn't like the man's church because they make too much noise. And he, you know, he didn't like that. They didn't look like they were serious. So the Lord told him, do is for the, is the pastor's sake. It's not for the church members. Make a long story short. He told the man, I'm just going to make it short. He tra- the man didn't come for the meeting. He organized, the man was there for more than, about two weeks, this pastor did not come. So finally he kept, he just told him, he just said, do you know you are going to die? And the guy said, yeah, I know. So after he left the next church, he went. He told the host pastor, the church I'm coming from, the pastor of that church will die next Sunday on the pulpit. So the next Sunday, the guy got up to take announcements, and he collapsed there and died. Why? Because the Lord was correcting him. He did not accept correction. I've said this so many times before. Listen, sin is not the problem. Oh, sin is... God doesn't have any problem with sin. You know he doesn't have. What he cannot stand is refusal to repent. Refusal to accept correction. I have done what is wrong is not his problem. I mean, have you killed Uriah and corrected his wife Bathsheba? You haven't. So you still have a long way to go. If you know, are you getting my point? David killed Uriah, took the wife Bathsheba. And when he was corrected, you know the story now. He went down into sackcloth and ashes. He repented. That was why he did not fight Absalom, in case you don't know. He was still repenting. That when he told him that deal gently with the, with the young man for my sake. That was the reason. When Absalom was doing what he did, that's David was still repenting. Uh, I'm not raped, I'm not. David didn't say anything. He was still repenting. Because those are the problems that came into his family because of that experience. The man, that is repentance. That's the one, his stubbornness God cannot understand. You know, some people want to cry, they will be arguing over everything. He said, what you said to that man was wrong. Yes, you see, an elder should know how to earn his respect. If he had to earn his respect, why am I talking to you? I don't know whether you are getting my point. Say, don't talk to an elder like that. He said, elders have to, it's not, eldership is not about age. It is about recognizing where God has placed in your life and walking like that. The more you are correct, he won't give you a lecture. Yeah, when, when, when you start with me like that, I just keep quiet. It's, it's okay, it's okay. Leave him. <laughs> Leave it now. In case, you know, in case you don't know, you don't know why, because it's called stubbornness. It's the witch, it's the sin of witchcraft. That is the reason why God killed Saul. Go and take care of the Amalekites. He went there, did exactly what God said he should not do. He took some things, did not kill the king of the Amalekites. 
Samuel came, and God felt bad. But he said, today I feel bad that I've made this man king. Samuel said, Lord, what happened? He told him the story. All right, he went. Next morning, Samuel didn't sleep the whole night. Next morning, he was at the camp of Saul. Saul said, no, I've done everything that God said. Ah. That was why Samuel now said, because you have rejected the word of the Lord. When I was a younger man, I thought that he was refusal to go and do what he was told. That was the problem. It was not. It was when Samuel came and brought correction. That's the rejection that God was angry with. The first disobedience. Is it the first to disobey? People have been disobeying God for a long time. They're used to disobedient people. No, I'm sure. People have been disobeying for such a long time. If you disobey, another one has come. Do you only get my point? <laughs> they have disobeyed God for such a long time. Can I say it like this? His skin is thick to disobedience. Do you know how many billions have disobeyed him today? He's used to disobedience. When you add your own joy and say, write it down, that one has come. There's no... <laughs> what he cannot stand, it's okay, you have disobeyed. Say, Lord, it's not like I disobeyed. Disobedience is relative. It depends on what you are talking about. It depends on the context. Huh. You disobeyed what we told you now. Well, Albert Einstein said there's relativity in time. You know... <laughs> You disobey. No. They will never agree. Say, okay, okay. If you say I dis- okay, if you say I disobeyed, all right, I disobeyed. Did you see? If you say. Because no problem. Michael, remove this one's head. That is what. <laughs> that is what they cannot stand. It is that refusal to accept correction. That is what they can't stand. This first disobedience is not. In fact, if this is the way God behaves, just like you were saying yesterday when we were leading prayers. Sometimes it's as if you have not disobeyed him yet. You won't even understand the power of grace. I'm not saying you should go and look for disobedience to do. That's God praising him. That is, that is called mocking God. Now, I'm just trying to explain something. That sometimes it's as if... That's how much God doesn't really... Somebody disobeys him once. It's not a big deal to him. He hates disobedience, but he very, very easily forgives it. What he cannot now stand is stubbornness. In which we now call you now and say, Oh boy, you have disobeyed. What are you going to do about it? And you know what he wants? Just say sorry. Today I listened to Ekanka people as I was driving from Etuku. I just put on my radio. I stumbled into Ekanka program. So I listened to the whole thing. I felt like telling these people, you will die. There's no way you will not die. Let me explain. No, no, listen, listen. No, please. I don't mean that as an insult. When they, they took all, you know, a lot of Christian doctrines. Oh, you, you noticed it? It was my first time of really getting them like that. I've heard them speak before, but this one they were intervening. They guy said, what about forgiveness? He said, what is forgiveness? Your forgiveness is when you do good works to pay for the bad ones you have done. Okay. I said, That's why I said they would die. It's not because I'm angry with anybody. The amount of work they have given themselves to do. <laughs> oh, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. And listen to me. You're not paying for your sins of this year or last year or 10 years ago. It's one of the life you lived, the year 15... 1000 BC. Okay, let's say 18 BC. 5200 BC. That's what you are paying for. And they began to give me testimonies. One of the testimonies they gave is a woman. She had my husband treated her very badly and she was about to leave the house because the man has been very evil towards her. She now had the revelation that she was his wife in the previous life. And that what she's experiencing now. It's all the bad, bad things that she did to him that time. I said, these guys are really going to die. There's no way. Because <laughs> refusing to accept forgiveness. 
They say there's nothing like forgiveness. You say, what about when somebody dies for your sin? Can somebody die for your sin? If you, if I drink, are you the one that will get drunk? That's what they were saying. I heard it today. It was a pity. I was rushing to get home. So I had to put off the radio. But I was really enjoying the foolishness. Do you understand? I was enjoying the foolishness. I, no, really, I was enjoying it. My reason is that, listen, I, this guy said, you are giving yourself work to do. You want to pay for all your sins. There is no way you will not die. There is no way. Now, back to my, my, what I'm trying to say. Look, God is very merciful. He forgives. Those people told me that he, does, he doesn't. In the same manner, they say he doesn't punish people. That you are the one punishing yourself. I said, eh? All right, I was enjoying the gist, gist to do. As much as I was laughing in my heart, but I was feeling, feeling sorry for blindness. I felt like calling the man and saying, this one, you won't go far. You can't go far because you can't pay for your sins. You are giving yourself the job. Anyway, good enough, they, what they said is this. That you keep reincarnating until you finish paying for all your sins. Which is good because you see, each time you reincarnate, you commit new sins, then God... <laughs> I feel like calling one and say, oh boy, do you know how long this is going to take you? <laughs> eternity, my brother. God bless you. This is going to take eternity. Because each time you show up, you will commit a new one. So he said, God will not let you go until you have finished balancing the rest. Said, Don't worry, you will live for a very long time. It's a strategy for living forever. <laughs> Join a kangaroo. <laughs> Just like living forever won't be at a stretch. You will die, come back, pay again. Mm. The Lord is good. Now what I know is that God forgives. Don't believe that. He does. He does. He forgives. He forgives. Like I was just trying to say, what he doesn't like, okay, is when people refuse to accept correction. When he brings forth his word to correct them and they don't take it, that is when their judgment commences. All right. So we just want to emphasize, we don't just rebuke death. That's what I'm going to say. We change our ways. That's why you can't scare me with death in itself. If I got that kind of revelation from a man like Kenneth Higgins, what do I do? I look into my life. And that's why I give those examples. In every single one, he told the people, the way you are walking is the way of death. And the Lord wants me to let you know that this death will come to you within the next 12 months. That's what I told some of those people. And the man who listened to him repented of his ways. He was an adulterer. There's no, look, that's what the guy was. He was a preacher. He repented, cleaned himself up. The Lord forgave him. Years later, he was thriving in ministry. That's how God is. So that's what I'm talking about, prayer points. So sometimes we bring up prayer points that do not focus on the real things. We've said it again and again. God didn't give the blood of Jesus to tar Nigerian roads. What he gave it for is to cleanse our hearts. So that anytime we are traveling, you cover this road with the blood of Jesus. He said, no, guys, that is not the idea. The idea of the blood of Jesus is to cleanse your heart. If you have been cleansed, if your conscience, your consciousness has been cleansed from sin, if you repent of your ways, the effect of sin is washed by the blood of Jesus. Do you understand? Don't worry about the road. The road has been taken care of. Are you getting my point? So that's what I'm talking about. So by being people who interpret our lives based on scripture, we know what to pray. We know what not to pray for. That's the first thing. That is what we mean by revelational praying. That is prophetic praying. You are praying based on what God has said. Prayer is not our idea. It was his idea. What God just says is that whatever I want to do, you must cooperate with me. That is what prayer is about. Are you getting my point? So when I'm looking at this, when I'm looking at this, Habakkuk said, I will stand on my watch and let's see what the Lord will speak to me. So I've emphasized again the first thing that, the first way that God speaks 
is through the written word. It's when you pay attention to doctrine. It's when you pay attention to the teaching of the word of God. That is number one way. That is 99% of the times. That is the method by which he reveals things to people. A preacher is preaching, suddenly we just go in a particular direction. I don't know, I'm talking to you, I'm just preaching the word. And I start, you start pointing out things from scriptures that have to do with your life. And then you take correction. That's it. Then sometimes it's not even about you, it's just about your environment. Paul, um, Daniel. Daniel read this, the prophecy of Jeremiah and he knew that you know, there was time to save them. It was time to deliver Israel. And then he began to pray. Let's bear that in mind. So, but Dan, um, Habakkuk said, prayer warriors are people who know they must stand on their guard post. It is not, you were saying something earlier, Pastor came with it, that, you know, the kind of prayers that we pray in the body of Christ today, they, they are very terrible. Vengeance prayers. Prayers that bind people. Prayers that can bind the whole portion of the country. Prayers that can bind the head of state. Prayers that can bind a governor. Prayers that bind our cousins, our uncles, our relatives. I killed my uncle and we are proud of it. Are you getting my point? It's his friend that said that, not mine. All right? A man came to brag, you know. Prayers that bind our, our in-laws, you know. Bind, prayers that bind our father, mother's in-laws. Father's in-laws don't have too many problems. I've seen a few crazy ones, but most of the <laughs> problematic in-laws are supposedly Mothers-in-law, I understand. And the mother, women who are control, complaining, they are going to be mothers-in-law one day, so uh, just keep the thing waiting, all right? Ekan Kastai, you are waiting for you in front. A lot is good. So pray prayers that bind people, you understand? And at the end of the day, nobody prospers. Let me just say it again. Some of those prayers, they work. They work. Now, they, they don't work the way God wants them to work, but they work because you are a spiritual being. You have spiritual power. Yes, if you refuse to release somebody and nobody is praying for that person, oftentimes that fellow is in trouble. Yes, if you go there and just shout, Lord, look, I want this guy dead. Why? He sinned against me. You don't know you are doing that, but that's what they, pray, what they are praying about all the time. God adds it. You are not an accuser. So Satan likes you. You are in the same camp. If that guy has nobody praying for him and he has enough people praying against him, listen to me, this is not a joke. He literally will die. And then you will come and testify that I prayed and he died. It does not mean you did well. So it works. You don't need to go and join a, 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 a satanic coven to have spiritual power. You don't need to. As a, as a human being, you have it. You can, if you refuse to forgive people, it causes problems for them. Unless something more powerful is working in their lives. They have to learn to dodge and hide under the blood of Jesus. Otherwise, all the enemies around will finish them. No, that's how life is. That is how life is. Can I digress for a moment? That is why, make sure you always hide under the blood of Jesus. All those enemies, they have spiritual... They don't, no, it's not, not the, the, the witch in the village. No. It's your colleague in the office that's angry with you. Righteously, not, not unjustly. Just, just because you took his money and did not pay back. He's angry. He's raising up accusations against you. And there are many things, now let me just say this by the way, there are many things you don't know you did wrong. Say you took somebody's money, you know. But there are things you don't even know are wrong, which you have done. It doesn't make them right. Ignorance before God, it's not even an excuse to. Why? Because these are real things. And what I mean by real things is that if you broke something, ignorance, if you are ignorant of the fact that you broke it, you still broke it. It's just that the Bible says that, You'll be treated gently because you did it in ignorance. Paul explained that. You understand? Now, the point I'm trying to make is this. 
So sometimes there are things you didn't do right. And for that reason, people have their power against you. You have to learn to do what? Hide under the blood of Jesus as a habit. He said, how do I do that? You said, be a forgiving person. Don't lay claim to your good works. You don't know how useless that doctrine is. If you know how useless it is, you will run away from it. When I say useless, I mean how bad, how terrible. The doctrine of raise up your tight booklet and say to God, this is what I have done for you. You will pay me back. That thing will have more Christians killed than blessed. I'm not joking with that. More Christians will be harmed by that doctrine than will be blessed by it. Because when they do that, they expose themselves to the accusers around. Because life now becomes a case of what I have done, what I have not done. And I keep on saying, there are many more things you have not done than the ones you have done. Go and read it. The lost discussion uh, with um, Job. Most of the things that Job was told that he did not do, he did not know they were doable. I don't know where I get my point. The things the Lord told him he did not do. He did not even, he didn't know they could be done. So that is why, please, run away from that doctrine. If you give money to, to God, the way we say God, to ministry, a man of God, and his money is big, and you sold your land in New Heaven, And gave it to the church. If you come, when you want to pray, when you kneel down, if your mind goes to that land and you smile, get up and say, Lord, I'm not praying now. <laughs> say to the Lord, um, I wanted to pray before, but I've changed the prayer point. The Lord said, what was the final prayer point? Say, Lord, we'll talk about it later. The new prayer point is, forgive me of self-righteousness. The new prayer point is, Lord, forgive me of self-righteousness. Say, Lord, you know, I gave some money. Don't even mention the amount. And right now I remembered it that it made me smile as if I have an approach to come to you. As if I'm righteous enough to ask, Lord, I came to say I'm sorry for that thought. You know, <laughs> you know what uh, Job said? He said, have I ever looked at the moon and secretly stretched my hand towards that? He has not done it physically, but in his heart he wanted to worship the moon. He said, that would be sin. So for wanting to lay claim that, ah, look at him, just check, last two years. million. Only me. Oh, nah. Let's go and pray. God will do something. (laughs) You understand? If that, if that thought comes to your mind, kneel down and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Say, Lord, I don't want witches to kill me. I'm sorry. Because this is how people start praying and witches will be killing them. Why? Because you are approaching on the basis of what you have done. It's horrible. I wish you would understand how bad it is. Does God bless, bless good works? Yes. But that, like I always say, Lord, I'm not saying you have a problem, but like I always, it's his problem. Let him, Bless it when he wants to. When you are coming, it is what Jesus said. We are unprofitable servants. What he said, unprofitable servants, what he meant is that we have no profit in what we have done. We have only done what we are told to do. Just leave it like that. So I gave, I gave my land in, in New Jerry. Oh, uh, zoo. Say, Lord, thank you. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The zoo and all that bought land inside it. <laughs> <You're> the, <laughs> yeah, you confess it like that. So, Lord, it was an honor to be used by you. It was an honor. Lord, I feel good. Now, you're feeling good now. But well, for another reason. That you counted me worthy to use me. Thank you that we are available to be used. Is there any other use that you have in mind? Are you getting my point? Do like that and then say, Lord, say, any of that you want to ask for today, say, Lord, no, let's give some gap. 
Honestly, it's a very, very, very dangerous way to pray. It's a very dangerous way to pray. Bringing your good works to the Lord is a very dangerous way to pray. What it does is that it cancels the power of the blood of Jesus. It cancels the power of the name of Jesus in your prayer. It does. It does. If you do good works, come to God. If you have to pray about that good works, kneel down and say, Lord, like we said. And the Lord says, why are you smiling? See, there was a time. All my offering at 59 at the end of service. Lord, thank you. Today, we thank God. We put a millionaire into the offering basket. Lord, we are not the same person we used to be. You are, you are increasing us. Thank you. Is there any other thing you want to collect? You like the car? You want me to give it out? We'll give it out. We can sell it. Thank you very much. You finish that, just get up and leave. What have you done? You have just come to give God thanks that he's the one that's at work within you both to will and to do his own good pleasure. You, have, you don't deserve anything. Please, if your pastor is preaching the other way, go and beg him that Pastor Pang says, stop, that you are killing your church members. Good works, I keep on saying they are good, but we do them because we are children of a good God. And he has appointed good works for us to do. And not our bargaining chips. So, like I was saying, so we interpret life. Prayer warriors, that's what we are. We learn to interpret life. We watch out and we interpret life based on what the Lord has written. Prayer is not our idea, it's his idea. So it is from scriptures that prayers are stirred up. That is prayer that's of faith. The prayer that's of faith is that which is stirred up from knowing the mind of God. So we say when God reveals himself, there are three reasons why he does that. One, he wants us to know things that he wants to do. We've given that as our example so that we can pray about them. Jesus, as it was, you know, I was reading the book of Luke again, studying it. I noticed that first he sent out um, um, his 12. Then when he was heading towards Jerusalem, suddenly time was short. Time was very short. And so he sent out 70 others also. He wanted to cover as many villages, towns, and cities as he could before he would get down to Jerusalem for the crucifixion. So he sent out 70 others, and then he wanted to send out 700. There was no 700, because there were so many places to go to. So he said, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. So, give us a prayer point. Pray the Lord of the harvest, that he will remove those, you know, laborers, where they are hiding. Bring them out and push them into the harvest field. That he will send men into the harvest field, workers into the harvest field. That's what he wanted to do. Are you getting my point? For example... What we need in this, our country, especially in the Church of Christ, we need truth. Why is in the scriptures like that? I will give you pastors after my heart who will feed you with knowledge and with understanding. Are you getting my point? The earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the seas. How can they go except they are sent? These scriptures will put them together. So we'll start praying, say, Lord, send people who have understanding into your church. Send people who love truth all over the place. It's out of what he has revealed. Are you getting my point? And believe me, that's what they call a prayer of faith. We have focused faith too much on grab. No, faith is primarily for what God wants to do. Bear that in mind. Second reason why I say he's, he, he reveals things to us is there are times that he says, like we said earlier, things are going this way. The way they are going, this way they will end. You need to make them turn around. So he said, I sent, you know, who shall I send? Who will go for us? Why do, why do we want to send people? He said, I sought for a man who will stand before me, between me and these people, so I don't pump forth my indignation. I found none. Therefore, 
You know, he needed to raise an intercessor. He didn't like the way things were going. He wanted things to be different. So it happens like that. So he reveals that this is where they are going. He says to, uh, uh, what is his name? Um, Jonah, go to the Navy, cry against her. Jonah went there and said, 40 days hence, Nineveh will be destroyed. 40 days came, nothing happened to Nineveh. Why? What was going to happen was the way they were going. But the people turned around, they changed. And God repented, the Bible says, concerning the evil he had plotted against them. So you see, that revelation helps them. The revelation helped them that this is the way things are going. This is where it will get to. You know when God showed that to Nebuchadnezzar? Remember what Daniel said to him? He said, let's try and prolong the days of your, of your prosperity. How do we do it, Oga? You stop oppressing people. Do good. He showed him all the things that he would do. Nebuchadnezzar did it for a while. Judgment was suspended and he forgot. <laughs> That's the problem with blessings. He forgot. That's why God said, thou shalt remember. You know, people tend to forget. He forgot. He was not comfortable in his prosperity. David said, I said in my prosperity, I will never be moved. That's what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. He forgot Daniel, forget the thing that they do. It so started evil again. And the road continued <laughs> the way it was going before. You understand my point? And even that God still helped him. Are you getting me? Because he still repented when God finally brought that judgment on him and he never went wrong again. Now you see, so sometimes when we are going a particular way, God reveals you know, where it is going so that we can turn around. Third reason why he reveals is that sometimes he says, prepare for what is about to happen. There is nothing you can do about it. Prepare for what is about to happen. There is nothing you can do about it. He will tell you, don't go there. That place is not good. Listen, many, listen, let me tell you something. You'll see it, it's right, it's prophetic. You know, there's something that God said. If you kindle your own firebrands, because everywhere is dark, it's not the fire of God you are kindling, it's your own fire. He said, this you will have from the hand of the Lord, you will lie down in sorrow. That's what he said. Now, what does that mean? See, if you are looking for prosperity, let me tell you, child of God, go and pray. What did I say? What did I say? Go and pray. I didn't hear you well enough. What did I say? Go and pray. If you are looking for comfort in life, go and pray. If you are looking for safety, go and pray. If you look around and find out that that place is safe and you go there, you will run at midnight and there will be no touch. Take that as a prophetic warning. Safety is of the Lord. Security is only in God. This is no good that they are saying is the, is the, is the safest uh, city in Nigeria now. When we came in here, it was not like that too. They carried my colleague, put him for Buto. Where the boys locked him up, NDLA mistakenly rescued him. They, they went to raid for drugs. So he had commotion. So now he shouts, oh, guy, they here. They took him somewhere and locked him inside there. Many people were locked in boots in this town, no? People were killed, though. Burglary, now regular thing. Now. I'm the burglar. I don't, I'm not talking about. I mean, people coming to people's homes. It was like that too. When I was a child, no, not a child. When I was a young man, teenage years, early twenties, all of us wanted to live in just because it was cool, quiet, temperature calm. And one of my colleagues told me that this was about last year, last year, the year before. He said well, that time he went there. So there were so many white people there. It made sense of the temperature. I did not know that it would be one of the places that there would be bombing every day. 
one of my colleagues, he resigned from the job he was doing near there. I said, why? He said, the road had become too dangerous. This was about last year or early, either early last year or late the year before. What I've told is a matter of fact. There is no way on the earth that is peaceful. People shout, you go to, ca-. look, one man carry moto today. Well, I don't know the times, whether it was late yesterday, their time, our time, I don't know. And just like driving through people and kill 10 people. That was in Canada. In America, that one yesterday, one guy wore a jacket, otherwise completely naked. I entered, <laughs> entered the, the restaurant, shot two people outside. They did not offend him. They didn't do anything to him. And he shot two of them. Entered the restaurant, shot two more. How God stopped it was one black young man he wanted to shoot. That one ran, ran into a toilet. So he shot through the toilet door. So he injured the boy's hand. Young man. So that one peeped outside and said, well, I can't lock the door again. So he said, this guy is going to kill me. He has to work hard for it. So he jumped out and rushed the man. In the, the man was looking at his gun. He wasn't looking up. Maybe, what's wrong with his gun? And that, that guy just, in that moment, his eyes, eyes dropped. He jumped out and rushed the man. Finally managed to get the gun from the guy. In the struggle, took the gun and flung it away behind the counter. So the man removed his only jacket he had and ran out naked. I'm just emphasizing to you that the man was not all right. They told the young man, they said, you're a hero. He said, no, I was fighting for my life. Forget this hero thing. <laughs> the guys will complain that, look, please, nobody should call me a hero. I was trying to stay alive. You're calling me a hero. Because, of course, you understand their issue. He saved many lives. Because of his courage, because of what he did, that man couldn't kill more people. He would have killed up to 10 before police were arrived. So that's why they called the young man a hero. And he said, no. Please, I'm a man trying to stay alive. <laughs> I was not a hero. There's no safety anywhere. That's what I'm trying to explain. If you want safety, you go and pray. You want prosperity, you go and pray. Listen, oh God, this life, I wish you would believe me. When Lot moved towards Sodom, when Lot moved there, the Bible says that the place was well watered like the garden of the Lord. The iniquity of Sodom, however, was accumulated. Thank God for the intercessor, intercession of Abraham. Intercession of Abraham did not get him his goods out. All he labored for all the years, he left them in Sodom. Everything was burnt. According to Derek Prince, analyzing that story, he said, be careful where you take your family to. You may not be able to bring them out. No, it's very important we, <laughs> we explain these things. Because sometimes when you hear Christians reason, it just amazes me. They say, look, take your children where you can give them a brilliant future. You, give somebody a brilliant future. Are you normal? Can you give anybody anything? Can you give yourself brilliant tomorrow? I don't mean tomorrow as in future. I mean 24 hours. Can you guarantee him by your strength you'll be alive in 24 hours' time? Like my wife and I analyzing the story of those people that that man shot. He said they just went to eat. Too. They didn't know it was their last meal, last supper. <laughs> You want your children to be safe. Pray for them. Pray for them. <clears throat> oh, I don't talk my own. No, I have said my own. No, there's no <laughs> nothing guarantees. Say, go here. You know the education. It makes me laugh. Or a robot sent his son, the first son, to Stanford. Let me tell you what Stanford is. That is Google. That was where Google came out of. And you don't know how many 
of these high-tech companies today came out of Stanford. There are so many. That's why they culture them. That's why they grow them. The engineering is top-notch. Yet he said it is the worst. It was the worst mistake of my life. It annoys me when I hear Christians open their mouths, and they are talking about education. To them, spiritual climate means nothing. They will teach your, your son that's 16, 17, physics. They will teach him mathematics. Yes, they will teach your girls engineering in the best way possible on the earth. Then remove all the faith the child has. And to you, that is education. You should know that your head is not correct. Why, why was I talking about that? What led me there? I was, nobody says Habakkuk or whatever. Who's there? John said, everybody led me there. <laughs> what I'm really saying is this. So, why I said that is this. It is not everywhere you rush into. Some place you are looking for prosperity, looking for comfort, they've been slated for destruction. They have been. I don't know well. I'm not telling you I know well. I'm just telling you be careful. That's all I've said. Just be careful. Pray. Ask God, you know. You know, let me tell you something, eh? Stop asking God for things like, Lord, help my children to go abroad. That's not a good prayer point. You know why? God said that's not really what you want. What is the thing you really want? Say, Lord, help them to be successful in life. Help them to live a life of purpose. Help them to prosper. Help them to be safe. And God said, ask me for that one. I'll have to that that thing is in your backyard. That's why I kept it for them. You know, as if that's where it is, I could have told them, look, don't worry. They are on. They are safety, prosperity, pros- uh, you know, destiny, fulfillment, and everything. I kept that one in East Africa. If you bother to pray like that and ask directly, I'll have to that, oh, is that what you are looking for? You don't need to run. Dwell in the land. Cultivate faithfulness. Sow in that land. And you will see that you will reap in that same year a hundredfold. Some people come and say they are praying to God. God grant me a visa. God say, look at this little girl. Is it visa you want or you want to prosper? Is it visa you want or you want, you just want your destiny to be brilliant? Ask for those things. Why are you asking? I say that's the only way I bring it. Because God can give you a visa and say, no problem. I give you a visa into slavery. No visa. The road will be good, though. Power will be constant, though. Water will be constant when it's not frozen. If you know what I mean. But I can put you there and you'll be a slave from the beginning to the end. Do you know it's possible? You'll be a slave with a good car, a decent home, but slave nonetheless. How do you know the slave? The slave can't stop working. Can't. Can't say that, no, I'm tired of working, I'm going home for six months. He can't. Can't buy a ticket. Just come home any time. Now lie. That's slavery. A lot of people, they are slaves. They can't get out of work. Get tired of working? You can't. That's what I'm talking about. If there are people who wake up in the morning, they are going to work. They hate the idea of the work they are doing. And they have done that for 15 years, and there's no hope. It can't stop in the next 50 years. So God said, listen, if you want something, ask me for what. Stop asking me for how to do it. Yeah, he was a God. Open door for me. Why? Say, I want to go abroad and go and study. God said, wait. Yeah, sometimes Lord said, is this study you really like? He said, no, really, I actually. Um, it's promotion. I want, if I get this degree now, I will increase, I'll be more marketable. Say, if I ask for that one directly, Lord, I want to be more marketable. No problem. I will be selling you up and down. <laughs> it's not marketable. I said, Lord, no, that's not what I mean. That's what I mean. I mean, I want to prosper. I say, hey, now you are talking. And I said, okay. Lord, I say, okay. Now you are talking. You want to prosper. No problem. All right. Uh, no need to go abroad. 
uh, get an online course. Yes, I want you to. Of course, it doesn't just talk direct like this. It just happen. You know, just all right. You are an, you are an engineer, right? Okay. Start studying this one online. In that process, somebody will say, Ah, can you do this or that one? No. Ah, there's a course. We can get it free on YouTube. I take the course. It's like a, it's a, it's like a 50, 50 hour course. It's free on YouTube. All you need to do is watch an advert each time. What are they saying? It's not Omo and Milo. And watch the advert. <laughs> you do 50 hours watching videos on YouTube, taking your engineering courses. When you finish like that, or you go for another place, they tell you, okay, this one pay $500. You've learned very well. You've done online because you are certified. God said, hold the certificate. Don't worry. What I've told you, it happens to people. I told the story of one of my brother's friends then that I said was working. He got a job. They were paying him, I think, 400 and, is it $300 or $450 a day. All the certificates he used, he got in Lagos online, apart from his first degree. Why? They said they posted it to one rural area in Afghanistan. <laughs> Where he was sitting in a hotel and we managing networks. No, they said the area was very safe. There was no fight. And he couldn't spend the money. He was just earning a lot of money, I think, until he got tired and came home. Are you getting my point? God will have told the persons, listen, this is not, that's not where your prosperity is. It is here. Sometimes they say, look, don't worry. No, no need for certificate. Just get experience. Where do you get it from? Work for this man. So the Lord just, just ask for what you want. The way I will do it is different. But then we say, no, just go and learn. After some time, set you up in your own business, in your own adventure. You will not be the one employing people. He does that. Don't mind me for always using Dangote as an example. He's the he's world's richest black man, right? As the richest Nigerian. True of us. He's the richest African. Isn't also. Uh, but it's not the money he has. One title we don't give him a lot. He's, like he's the biggest investor in Nigeria. Private investor. In, yeah, he should be the biggest. Single. Yes. A man that puts $1 billion down to invest in rice. Is that not a lot of money? To build a refinery, he personally put down, is it 6 or $7 billion of his own money? The refinery total is $17 billion. Now, the point I'm making, let me get to my main message. I see saw the advert today <laughs> on my phone. He's employing people now. They are applying from all over the world. Believe me, when you people are applying, Nigerians in Lagos have applied. In fact, the Nigerians have finished applying. The ones abroad are applying. All of them. Everybody's applying. Everybody is queuing up to come and work for him. And I've been asking everybody, where did he go to secondary school, university, and get his master's? You know, I'm not saying he went or he didn't go somewhere, but you don't know. That's what I just keep, that's what I keep saying. That's what I just keep giving as examples. I keep using it as an example. If you want something from the Lord, ask him. Don't tell him the method. I want to go for international, international trial, like the man who told me. I said, why? Are you a criminal? He said, no, I'm a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm a footballer. I wonder why they are trying you all over the place. <laughs> he said, I'm a footballer. I said, have you, go, have, have you been to Namde Azikwe Stadium? No. You've not gone to Abba to go and meet any Yimba people. You've not gone to Kano Pillars. You've not gone to 3SC. You've not gone to the big boys in Nigeria. You want to Yimba people to, to, for, to try you. Just ask the Lord, Lord, prosper me in this life. It's a simple prayer. He will do it from, I mean, look at this, our Dangote, but it made me laugh the other day. It was priceless now. Say how much now, one seller. 
When you are being marketable, people are buying you, you don't know. <laughs> but I want to be marketable because they don't worry, I'll get, some, I'll get an unbeliever to buy you. The Lord is good. People are making that. The man just decided he's going to price. The other day, this one that really interested me. He went to Holland, bought a petrochemical company, paid like uh, $300 million and bought the company, a gas company. About something like closer to $400 million. He paid. I said, this company is now my own. And they said, yes, sir. And they came back home. So I said, why did you buy it? They said, they have technology he likes. He wants to use it in Lagos. If you use their technology, you'll be paying their royalties for a long time. So he said, okay, buy the company. Just buy the whole company. Bring it. No, that, no, that was the way he solved it. Bought the whole company for about $400 million. So now the technology is now my own. I ain't paying anybody royalties. The power belongs to God, to my people. Mm. What I'm saying so people sometimes are rushing to places where they will be running away from in about 15 years' time. Except that when they will be running, it will be night. There will be no touchlight. Like I was saying, that's the third reason why God reveals things to us. So that we can make appropriate preparations. He said the destruction of Jerusalem will happen. You can't prevent it. Alright? So let me give you signs to know when to escape from Jerusalem. So sometimes God reveals things to us so that he wants us to be safe. You can't change it, but he said at least know about it so you know how to prepare. Are you getting my point? Jesus is coming, you can't change it. Know about it and know how to prepare for his coming. He is going to come. The more I think about this life, <laughs> the more I'm more convinced about scripture, the more I'm convinced about the revelation we have through Jesus Christ, the more I'm convinced you know, one man died the other day, everybody was celebrating him. And I made up my mind, that guy is very foolish. What is his name? Stephen Hawking. I like the way you hiss. The Lord bless you for that hiss. You are like Phineas, you will serve him in his temple forever. Yes. Why, you know why he irritated me? I didn't have much regard for him. You are intelligent, you know physics, it's not a big deal. People have known physics before. The Egyptians know more physics than you. Just that their books have been lost, so forget that thing. All right? They built pyramids until now. People are still amazed at how they were able to calculate what they call the true north. How to determine that till now. People are amazed. What is big deal about physics? It's revelation. One angel and one demon will be teaching you things. The angel will teach you, teach you, teach you. When you want to start believing in God, one demon will say, move back, you don't do your own. Teach you some more. <laughs> and you become a professor. If you know how those spirits behave, they are not always quarreling the way you think. You think angels are demons are always quarreling? They don't always quarrel. They, ah, okay, is it on your Bible? Where did God see Satan to send to Job? Was it not before the, the, God, the everybody was coming? Satan came amongst them. There's no fight. It's those of us that are afraid of Satan will be rebuking, I rebuke, I rebuke. God said, there's no need for rebuke. He can't do anything. He came to see what we are doing. <laughs> he prepares the table before you in the presence of all the Satan. So it's not a big deal. It's nothing new. <laughs> the man died anyway. They were celebrating. Yes, my friends. Relax. They said that, he said, the war started at the Big Bang. Right? So they now asked him, what was there before the Big Bang? I wanted to say I wouldn't answer it. The way he answered it, I said, human beings are really foolish. And they are quoting that foolish answer. He said that question is irrelevant because there was no time reference. Does that make sense? Why don't you just say you don't know? 
He said, the question is irrelevant because there was no time reference. I said, how does time reference have to do? What, what has time reference got to do with the fact I'm asking you that you said the war started when something exploded? So I'm asking you, what was happening before it exploded? You said, I should not ask. There was no time that time. Okay. What was no time when there was no time? <laughs> Why can't human beings just say, I don't know? The more I've reasoned about it, the more I'm convinced everything in scripture is correct, even if I don't understand it. And like the way Aldo Shambach said it, somebody said, that, hey, you mean you believe that a fish swallowed Jonah? Shambach said, I most certainly do. And if the Bible tells me Jonah swallowed that fish, I'll believe it too. <laughs> because everything that science says is not possible, they themselves are not saying it's possible. I'm ready to say, I believe the scripture. If one day Jesus is coming back, I believe it. I can't change it. I prepare for it. Those are the three reasons why the Lord reveals things to us. But the character, one of the major traits of a prayer warrior, that's what I'm to emphasize. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. Is that they look out for the revelations of God. They do. They're not busy praying about food and drink. They look out for the revelations of God. They look out. And how do they look out? They take their scriptures and read every day. That occasionally, God will interject with a strong prophetic voice. He will. Let's rise to our feet and close. The Lord is good. Let's give our thanks again. Say, Lord, thank you for liberty you give me today. Let's give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, thank you. Let's give him thanks. Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for that liberty. Thank you for the liberty that I have in Christ Jesus. I wanted to just do something. Say like um, Habakkuk. Say, I will stand on my guard post. Say to the Lord. Lord, use your own words. Say, Lord, I will stand on my guard post. I will station myself in your word. I will station your, myself. I will keep my watch to see what you will say to me. I want to see what you will say to me. I want to live a prophetic life. The foundation of prophecy is not what I hear now or see, but what is written in scriptures. All other things can be added to that. Say, Lord, I will walk according to that which you have written in scriptures. I will stand on my watch. I will pay attention. Like we prayed earlier, I will be a disciple indeed. 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 Father, we give you thanks. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for the healing in the lives of everybody present here. Thank you, Lord, because confusion is banished. Amen. Thank you for that direction, Lord, is clear. Amen. To everyone present here, direction is clear. Amen. Lord, for everyone here, confusion is banished. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, by your Spirit, lead us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Amen. Lead us in the path of destiny. Amen. Drag us away from the path of death. Amen. Nobody here will progress on that path of death. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, by your angels, turn us around. Amen. From the path of death to the path of life. Amen. Lord, turn us around from the path of death to the path of life. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Alright, I want to let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Surely he has passed out of death. We have passed into life. 
We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Bless three people quickly around you. This is your season. This is your season. Another person, this is your season. Another person, this is your season. One last one for yourself. This is my season. In the name. All right, Cheryl, brethren. God bless you. God bless you.